In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no husband? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy. Son of God. And behold, your kinswoman Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Amen. God always has, is now, and always will call specific people to perform specific tasks. That's the way God operates. It's from the beginning of the Bible throughout the end of it. You will find people personally receiving somehow a call from the Almighty and responding to it. Christmas as we know it is recorded in history because specific people in that day and time heard and responded to the personal call of God. Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, the kings, all of these people individually, unknowing to the other individuals involved, responded personally to the call that he or she believed they received from God. You see, this whole concept of God's calling persons to specific tasks is throughout Scripture, but it's confirmed in Christmas. And that is why on this second Sunday of Advent, I would like briefly with you to, to look at the personal call. It's a mysterious thing. It's almost spooky at times. It's, it's hard to define and understand, but it happens. And many of us are as involved in it in this Christmas as Mary and Joseph and the angels and the shepherds were nearly 2,000 years ago. So take heed, take heed. The concept of God's calling, first of all, says God calls people personally and individually to specific missions. Do you believe that? 
God has placed you here on this earth to call you to specific missions. Secondly, God calls us individually and personally by many different and diverse ways. You see, God does not have a monopoly on only one way of calling people to his or her to their respective tasks. No. When he called Abram, Abram was 75 years old. When he called Moses, he did so through a burning bush while Moses was watching the, the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. When God called Paul, it was on the Damascus turnpike. When God called Samuel, it was in the house of the Lord, and when God called Isaiah, it was in a worship service, just like this. When God calls, he calls at any time, when you are at any place, and he uses all different sorts of methods of calling us. When God called Mary, he did it through what the Bible calls an angel. But when he called Joseph to his task in the Christmas drama, he did it through a dream. When God called the shepherds, he did it through a great multitude of heavenly hosts singing beautiful songs. When he called the wise men from the east, he did it through a star. You see? All many and different varied ways God uses to call people persons to specific tasks. And therefore, you have to understand the third thing about personal calls, and that is because he uses so many and different varied ways. It's very easy to misinterpret what you think is a call of God. Very easy to misinterpret and very difficult to interpret correctly the call or the will of the Lord in your life stories told about the young boy. He was a religious boy. He said his prayers every night. He was a farm boy, and he hated the chores of the farm. And his nightly prayer was, Oh, Lord, get me out of this existence. I'm old enough not to be a man. I want to be free. And he prayed that. And one day, while out in the fields working, not too far from his father, he saw suddenly in the far-off horizon, written in the sky, the letters P.C., and he thought, that's it, I'm to preach Christ. And he ran to his father, who was equally concerned about the boy's sadness in being kept at home, and he too had been praying that God would open up a way to keep the boy home. He didn't want to see him go, and the boy said, Father, I've received my call. P.C., preach Christ. And the father, equally concerned, says, No, son, that's not what it means. It means plant corn. Both of them were wrong because merely it was a stunt pilot hired to write the advertisement for Pepsi-Cola. That's what it really was. You see, it's very, very easy through the power of suggestion, through wishful thinking with longing desire to misinterpret a call from God. I have four suggestions that I think come from Scripture which I think help us when we're wrestling with is this or is it not a call from the Almighty. 
Mary helps us, and the first thing that she did is, I think, what all of us ought to do when circumstances, when a dream, when a feeling, when from obscure sources comes what we can think of as possibly a call. First of all, take as much time as you possibly can. Take as much time as you possibly can before you answer yes or no. That's what Mary did. The angel of the Lord came to her very suddenly. She didn't buy it right off the bat. She argued with that angel of the Lord. Well, how can this be? She took the time to wrestle with that particular call that came so unexpectedly in her life. She took time. And God, in his providence, allows this. took nine months for that call to come a reality in the birth of the Son, Jesus. But she took time. Time to sift through the facts, the information, and her own faith. Take time. Secondly, do what Mary did. She went to someone who had experienced a similar call and who loved her. If something is coming upon you and you must make a decision, and you're not sure whether it's from God or from some other source that the call has come, take time but go to people who have experienced such a mysterious thing in their own life. Not just anybody who's experienced it, but somebody who loves you. And talk to them about it. See, that's what Mary did. She went to Elizabeth, sent by God. Elizabeth also had had this miraculous experience of being told that she was going to have a baby in her old age. She knew what it was to go through that trauma, that fear, that anticipation, that longing that comes to only a person who's going to have or has had a baby. And she loved Mary. She was her kinswoman. She didn't treat Mary like a product, an object, something that she could use or not use. She loved Mary. And Mary knew that that love could be trusted, even when it had to say some things that maybe it did not want to say. Go to somebody who's experienced something of the same thing you're going through, somebody who loves you. And thirdly, ask yourself, is this something really I want to do? Because strange as it may seem, God seldom calls us to do things that we want to do. Now, you trace this concept throughout Scripture and you'll find God is always calling people to something they don't want to do. After all, why should God call us to things that we want to do? The desire is already there. We're going to do it. No, God usually, not always, but God usually calls us to do things we don't want to do. When the gall came to Moses, Moses did not want to lead the people out of Israel. When the call came to, to Paul, he at first did not want to preach to those people he wanted to persecute. God seldom calls us to things that we want to do. And oftentimes you can judge the call of God by whether or not you want to do it. Because sometimes when we want to do something, it's not God calling, but the power of suggestion, wishful thinking. That 
is the call and not from God. So ask yourself, is this really something I want to do? Fourthly, when you come to that moment of truth when the decision must be made, base it upon your belief, not upon your feelings. Feelings can deceive us. Beliefs do not. Mary, you see, could have felt embarrassment going to have a baby without a proper husband. Mary could have felt that she didn't want to go through that pain of childbirth, which they tell me is about the worst pain possible. But Mary did not trust her feelings. She trusted her belief, and her belief was that God loved her, and that God had favored her, and that God was calling her to magnify her Lord composed the magnificent not out of her feelings but out of her belief four points under how you can be helped to decide whether or not that call is from God because a call oftentimes is very difficult to interpret and one more point because call call is difficult to interpret, it's also very possible to miss. And it's very possible to say no. You see, God loved us so much when he created us that when he created us, he gave us the ability in the English language to say that small word, that small word, no. We can say it to each other. We can say it to ourselves, and yes, God has even granted us the privilege and the power of saying it to Him. And He did that when He created us lovingly free individuals. And when God calls you or me, He has also given us the ability to say no to the call. Now, when we say no, we not only thwart temporarily the will of God, but we also destroy our own destinies. That's why you must be careful before you say no. But you still have that power, and Scripture shows this through and through, especially in that rich young ruler. You know, you often wonder what happened to that rich young ruler who God called through Jesus Christ to go sell what you have, give half of it to the poor, and come follow me. And that man said no. And we never hear about him in the rest of Scripture. You wonder if he would have said yes, if he would have been another Peter or James or John or the leader of the early church. We don't know, you see, because you never know what happens when people say no to the call of God. John Greenleaf Whittier was right when he said, Of all the sad words of tongue and of pen, the saddest of these is it might have been. See, that's a dilemma in the story of Christmas we must never forget. We know about the shepherds. They said yes to the call. We know about the wise men. They said yes to the star. We know about Mary and Joseph. They said yes to the call of God. But there were many people wrapped up in that drama of the first century who heard the angels singing, who saw the star, 
and who had heard a word from our God, but who in their selfishness and lack of knowledge of a call said directly or indirectly, no. And that is why their names are not written into the meaning of Christmas. I preach this sermon because there are people here today who are facing decisions. God is calling them, maybe to accept Jesus Christ for the first time. Maybe God is calling them to repent of that secret sin that they think nobody knows about. God is calling them to lead a more holy and lovable and likable life. God is calling them to be like Jesus. You know who you are. And you're faced with that moment of truth. Maybe God is calling you to some new profession, some new field of endeavor, some new job. And you've got to say yes or no. You're frightened. You're scared to death. You want to do the will of God and you're not sure. This sermon is preached to those who are facing that particular dilemma. But just remember, the meaning of Christmas is involving those people then and today who heard a call, who wrestled with it, who went through the process and go, are going through the process of trying to determine if it is of God. And then in faith saying yes or no. May God be with us as he leads us. Father, Christmas is a mystery. We don't fully understand or comprehend, but we believe. Oh, Father, you who called Mary and Joseph and the angels and the shepherds, you who called wise men from the east, we believe your power is calling us today. Help us to read the signs of the times and help us to live by our faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.